Every once in a while in this work of mine, I get the great joy of interviewing people who wouldn't say that they're heroes, but I would. This is one of those people. Jennifer Hay is a mother of six children, and she did what few people do. She stood up for her children and other children by standing against vaccines for children. The COVID vaccine is very controversial, but it's most controversial, especially for children, which provides them almost no benefit, but causes great harm and has the potential for life-threatening harm. So when the church got into it, it was most scandalous. When certain churches made vaccine clinics, and you have to remember, these are abortion-tainted vaccines at Catholic churches and clinics, it was most scandalous indeed. Some people, dared to confront such horrific things. One of those was Jennifer Hay. This is the John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Jennifer, thanks for coming on the show. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you very much. Well, let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jennifer, uh, it's a privilege for me to speak with you. Um, I'm, I'm very much impressed with what you did, the courage it took to do that. Tell, tell everyone about your story. Well, thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure to, to be with you. Um, I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, I'm a mother. I have six children. I'm an engineer. I work full time. Uh, but we got some information that the diocese was planning to host a vaccination clinic um, put on by the, our local Knox, um, Knox County Health Department. And that that clinic was going was open to children as young as 12. So the clinic was advertised for about six weeks as being open to the public and available to children as young as 12. And I just felt like we had to do something about it. So we I wrote a sheet of information for people. Um, to hand out, planning to hand it out at the entrance of the clinic. Things people might consider, like the fact that the FDA has not authorized any vaccine for children except for emergency use. So we like to hide that under the acronym EUA, but the acronym has a meaning. It means emergency use authorization. Uh, so the sheet included information like that. We had it translated into Spanish, and we were planning to hand this out to people at the entrance of the clinic. Uh, we notified the health department and Father Bettner, uh, the rector of the cathedral of our plans. And um, to put it mildly, Father Bettner did not grant permission and he, he threatened to accuse of, uh, us of trespassing and have us arrested. Uh, but we felt like we had to be there anyway. And so right. we. And you're, in, you're in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yes, in Knoxville. And so this is Bishop Sticker. Bishop Sticker. Um, the Cathedral, the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, so, so we had made plans to be there. We had a group of about 15 people. One is actually a physician's assistant. 
uh, at a local, local children's hospital. So we had people there who could answer questions. Uh, we had documentation to hand out. We had a couple people uh, scheduled throughout the day to pray. The clinic had planned to open at 10 a.m. and we planned to get there at 9.30 and get set up. And uh, 9.45, we were confronted and asked to leave the property. And we, we had anticipated this and two of us said, no, we're not gonna leave. We need to be here where people need us. And the only way we're gonna leave is under arrest. And they basically said, suit yourself. <laughs> and so a friend of mine went to jail. Wow, so this is on church property, is that right? That's correct, on church property. So was it inside the church in a hall or something, or what was it exactly? So um, this church was very recently renovated. Uh, mm -hmm. We had a cathedral built. So there's a brand new cathedral, and that's where Mass was being celebrated. The old cathedral has been has become a multi-purpose hall. And so that's where the clinic was being held. So people exit Mass, go outside in an area, I don't know, uh, you know, maybe— 50 feet by 50 feet, and then enter into the cathedral for the vaccination clinic. And so we set up near that entrance to pray and hand out information, and that's where we were arrested. Okay, so while it's private property per se, it's not like it's uh, inside someone's office, it's you're still sort of outside. It was right all there. outside, we were okay. all outside. Okay, so were you obstructing people going in? Were you locking the door? No, 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 we just, we hadn't actually gotten to do anything. Uh, we hadn't actually got to uh, execute our plans of providing literature to people as they walked in. Um, but the clinic hadn't even opened yet. We were just standing there praying. Right. You were praying. What? <laughs> so the rosary. Here's, a, here's a group of people. You're praying the rosary. First of all, how many were there? Two of us were praying, me and the gentleman mm -hmm. who were arrested. And um, there, at the time, there were only three other people there because everybody yeah. hadn't arrived yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, so then what happens when, when the police arrive? They gave us every chance to leave. Mm -hmm. To be fair to the police, they said, you know, can you just take it off property? But this is a huge property. If we took it off property, we may as well not be there. All right. right. This is so far removed from where the clinic was going on that th there was no sense in doing that. So we said, no, we're going to stay. Uh, and then the gentleman that confronted us radioed to the sheriff, um, uh, who was already on the property. They had planned for this. So he radioed to the sheriff and um, the sheriff came up and said, you know, we're going to ask you to leave. And we said, no, <laughs> we're not going to leave. And then we said, well, the only way we're going to leave is under arrest. And he gave us every opportunity, but we were persistent and said, no, we're not going to leave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is a parish which, now, did you confront Father before this to tell him this is problematic, please don't do this type of thing? By email, yeah. Yeah. And did you get any response from him or anything like that? Well, we got the response that we would not be allowed to be there. Um, that, you know, you know what the response was, well, everybody has their different opinions, uh, but this is what we're doing and you're not allowed to be there. Hmm. And if hmm. there, we're going to have you arrested. Right. So that's kind of funny. I mean, so at your parish, um, are there people who come there who let's say might hold views opposed to church teaching? 
I, I would say that's a pretty good, pretty good odds. Right. So if that's the case, does Father not bar them from coming at all? Not to my knowledge, no. <laughs> right. That doesn't really happen. Uh, so this is incredible to me that a hugely contentious issue where you have abortion-tainted vaccines, which at least one bishop in the church has said no Catholic can take. In fact, one U.S. bishop. Of course, there's many bishops all over the world. But uh, Bishop Strickland in Texas has said no Catholic can take this. So, I mean, it's really incredible that this is being done. So it was a peaceful presentation of information and prayer outside the room where you were just handing out, going to hand out literature and do nothing else. That's correct. Out of doors. And I want to clarify, you know, kids are getting, kids are getting this vaccine all over our town. They go to mm -hmm. a local pharmacy and get this vaccine and I can write letters and I'll try to persuade people, but I'm not willing to go to jail for that. And I have to confess my own feeling with respect to adults at the church. You know, if, if this church were to hold a clinic for adults, again, I would try to persuade. I would write emails. I would publish, publish articles. I'm not willing to go to jail for that. Okay. But the church, the church being involved in distributing this vaccine to children was something that we just couldn't abide. I, I just be, just for interest's sake, did the parish have any restriction on children in terms of COVID? Were they required to wear masks in church or anything like that? No, and I would say, you know, this, Tennessee is a very conservative state mm -hmm. and the diocese follows suit generally. I think this, this diocese has navigated this fairly well until it came to the vaccine. Um, they were quick to reopen, uh, quick to drop the mask mandate. Uh, just this last Sunday, they dropped um, any, any special requirements for receiving on the tongue. Everybody was allowed to receive on the tongue in the usual way. So for the most part, I actually think this diocese has navigated COVID well. But, you know, looking, when people look at, back on this 20, 30, 50 years from now, outside the context of this hysteria, they're going to say, what was the church doing? Giving this vaccine, giving this experimental vaccine to children for a disease that never threatened them. What was the church doing? That's going to cause spiritual harm to people for years to come. Yeah, indeed. Indeed, especially now we're just getting reports uh, that certain uh, sports clinics are, or, or sports in schools, they're waiting till children have an ECG test before they're allowed to play sports in school because of the increased risk of myocarditis coming from seemingly nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. But let's return, Jennifer, to your story. What happens then? So you're, you're arrested by police, and then what goes on? My friend and I were arrested. We were put in the sheriff's car, um, you know, just a few feet away from where we were. And then we were driven around. This gives you a, a uh, idea of the scope of the cathedral property. We were driven in the police car down to the front of the cathedral, where by that time they had the transport van 
Um, and so we were taken out of the sheriff's car, uh, put in new handcuffs, and each of us was in an individual compartment in the transport van. I've never been arrested before. I didn't know what this involved, but it was a very tiny space. You know, all you could do was sit in this transport van, uh, no windows, you know, maybe three feet by three feet by two feet in depth, very tiny space um, for us to be transported about about 30 miles away uh, to the jail. So the whole time uh, I was in the my compartment by myself, my friend Gary was in his compartment and he was an absolute champion. I could not stay focused. Uh, I was distracted at every turn, but he entertained no distraction. He prayed all, all the mysteries of the rosary for the whole time that we were under arrest and being transported uh, to the jail. Uh, it was such a comfort to me. What an amazing thing. Yeah. That's beautiful. So what happens now and, uh, you know, what happened then? And then uh, where are we at right now with this situation? Sure. Um, so we get there and, and normal arrest procedure, uh, which was all new for me. Um, you know, you've got to put on the jail clothes. Um, you got to sit in a holding room. You get a certain amount of time. Other women are in the holding room with me, and we struck up some conversations. Uh, they were bored enough that they were actually very interested in the story, so I told, it, uh, told the long version to them. And, um, yeah, uh, so I was in that holding cell for with other women for about six hours, and then I was transferred to a, a, an actual jail cell uh, for another three hours. And then my father uh, came and I was released under my own recognizance. And my father took me back to the cathedral to get my car. And I immediately returned back to the jail um, to wait for my friend. And it ended up being another uh, nine hours until he was oh. released. I waited there for nine hours for him to wow. be released as well. Wow, wow, wow. A harrowing experience indeed. What did your family think of this? You've got a husband, six children. We had talked about the possibility beforehand, and we had decided that this was this was a possibility and that we were both okay with it. But then when it, it really happened, it was actually very scary. It was very scary for my husband. Um, he, he tried to do his best to shield my kids. Um, but I, th I think, you know, they wanted to know my mom wasn't home. Hmm. Wow. So what's happened since then? Where are things at right now? So my friend um, went to court this morning and the judge said, well, you've been charged with criminal trespassing, uh, but all of the charges will be dropped if you just agree never to come back on cathedral property. Wow. Isn't that unbelievable? So they want to ban him from the cathedral per permanently. Yeah. And my first tomorrow and I expect the same offer. Wow. Wow. Okay. So at LifeSite, we're going to have a place, obviously, for people to express their concerns. And we might say politely, but uh, with firmness uh, to uh, Bishop Sticka and, um, and the, the priest, the rector of the parish. Who's that again? Father Brennan, is it? Father Bettner. 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 B-O-E-T-T-N-E-R. I think. Very good. Wow. What is, what's the message you'd like to convey? Now you've, you've got hopefully a, a platform where a lot of people will hear you. What message would you like to convey? The most important thing is that this is not for children. You know, 
I didn't have to start hearing of the side effects before I knew this was wrong. I know the old stories. I know the old stories of witches where, you know, you draw, because let's be straight, why, why are kids being vaccinated? You know, people, adults are vaccinating kids to protect the adults around the kid. That's why it's being done. That's the only, that's the only reason, all right? I didn't have to know, I didn't have to hear about side effects to know that was wrong. You know, that's what, that's what witches do in the old stories. They draw upon the vitality of the youth to, for their own health and well-being and beauty, okay? Christians don't do that. Christians don't do that. Christians protect children. They don't use children to protect themselves. So that's number one. This thing is not for children. But number two, there's a First Amendment issue here. Um, you know, the, the First Amendment to the Constitution protects our right to criticize the government. And of course, we have uh, analogous uh, protection under our state constitution in Tennessee. But what good is that if the government, in this case, the Knox County Health Department, can shield itself from criticism by doing its work on private property and expecting the private property to uh, shut down all dissent and have the protesters arrested? I mean, what good is the First Amendment, really, if, if that's going to be allowed to happen? They get to do their bidding on private property and, and expect the private entity to take care of, take care of any trouble. And this wasn't any private, you know, this wasn't any private entity. This was the Catholic Church that benefits every single day from First Amendment protection in the United States. And yet, in this instance, they conspired with the government to shut down any dissent of its own members. Yeah, it's, it's so deplorable for so many reasons. But, you know, the, the church to not only promote something that is morally objectionable without people being able to even state that there is something wrong with this, that's really unbelievable. Um, so I really do hope people contact Bishop Sticka um, and the rector of the cathedral to voice their concerns. Pray for them too for a conversion of heart because that is uh, this is a very dangerous precedent for our church and um, we really got to pray and stand up as parents. Um, you did a really brave and great thing. God bless you, Jennifer, and your family. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And God bless all of you. We'll see you next time. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. We have established ourselves on all sorts of platforms I'm going to explain in a minute, but the most important thing to do is come direct to lifesitenews.com because there we will always be. But we've also established ourselves on platforms like Parler and MeWe, and our videos can be found on Rumble as well. We would love to see each of you on those platforms too, as they are not censoring or suppressing the truth that we are sharing every single day. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, 
I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parlor, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSite News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.